Joining us now in our studios is Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Happy Tuesday morning. Yeah, thank you so much for coming in today. It's, it's my delight. Thank you for having me. We have uh, quite a bit to talk about. You have a new school board member, and we'll talk about that in just a moment or so. But I want to talk, first of all, you went through some exercises, some training and such this past Saturday over the weekend, oh, yes. including uh, law enforcement, emergency uh, personnel services, and, and, and such. Uh, tell us, from your perspective, from the school's perspective, uh, what this was about and uh, its importance. You know, one of the school district's strategic commitments is to partnerships, and we've long had an outstanding partnership with the Northfield Police Department. So the training that was on Saturday was a Northfield Police Department training. They were hosting that training for law enforcement and other first responders in southeast Minnesota, and we were just happy to be able to host at Northfield Middle School. Uh, you know, when they do training exercises like that for uh, hostile crisis events, they like to be able to have a, a building of which they're training to try to do that work in. So we were happy to be able to uh, collaborate with the police department. It's quite a thing. I mean, as you know, Jeff, our buildings are used quite a bit every single day. So we had to make sure that no one was in the building that day, that the schedule was clear, of course, because people could have been concerned about a number of emergency vehicles at a school, even on a Saturday. You know that we communicated uh, well with the community to help them understand that, you know, this was a training exercise. And what I'm really grateful to the Northfield Police Department, to the Northfield EMS, and to the Northfield Fire Service, of course, with all the other first responders from southeast Minnesota, is the proactive nature that they have of training for events that we all, dare I say, pray uh, don't happen here. Uh, We can't be blind that it couldn't happen here, uh, but the fact is that it could. And so being prepared and aligning those services between law enforcement, EMS, and with fire is really important uh, in a crisis situation. And so we're so grateful uh, to Thad Monroe and, and Mark Elliott and uh, Tom Nelson and uh, Brian, you know, Tex Edwards uh, for putting that together and, and asking us to host it for them. That, uh, uh, by account, the, the accounts I've heard from Rich, actually, I, he was very impressed with it and uh, the uh, the depth of which... Uh, uh, the whole undertaking took yeah. was uh, was very impressive. So good to hear. Let's move on to the school board meeting last night. Uh, you have uh, a new interim school board member. Tell us about the person you selected and the process and how you did select them. Delighted to do so. Uh, so the school board last night did appoint Robert Coleman uh, to a temporary seat uh, replacing Noel Stratmone who has uh, temporarily resigned while he recovers, uh, has some health issues while he recovers from those health issues. Uh, That is something uh, that Noel is afforded uh, under Minnesota Statute 123B.09, subdivision 4, to be technical. (laughs) And the key thing there is there's two parts of the statute that govern um, school board members having to step away from their duties. One is the traditional portion of, I've taken a job in a different state. I'm no longer going to live in the school district. I have to resign. There's a particular process for that. And then there's a, just a very slightly different process if someone needs to step away from their board duties because of a prolonged illness or some other reason that's going to force them to step away from the board for what they could foresee is at least 90 days. And so Robert will fill in uh, as Noel's replacement until such time that Noel feels better enough to come back. All he does is submit a second letter to the board saying, I'm able to return uh, to the school board, and the board adopts that, and he returns. 
or until the end of Noel's term, which would end in 2024, whichever is earliest. Uh, for those of you listening who like civics, and it's kind of like the 25th Amendment, right, where uh, the president of the United States can sign a letter, step away for a little bit, and then come back uh, when they are ready to do so. So the we did appoint Robert Coleman. The school board uh, appointed Robert Coleman last night. So you'll recall way back in December, on December 12th, is when the board took the action to accept Noel's letter and to declare the vacancy. That's something that they're required to do. Uh, the, the The statute does say that, you know, the board may appoint a replacement. There could be circumstances where a board in another community might just wait it out. Um, Our school board policy says that the board will appoint a replacement when a vacancy occurs. And so we, of course, are going to follow our local policy. Uh, We talked about it on KYMN here on December 13th. We launched an online interest form. Uh, That online interest form actually got eight uh, people to complete it. Uh, One of the individuals does some part-time work for the school district and made more money than what the statute allows for you to make money from the school district and uh, be on the school board, so that person dropped out. Uh, We had seven uh, interested individuals who we worked with over the past several weeks as they completed their online interest form, and uh, actually one dropped out yesterday, so we had six people interested uh, last evening. And board members got the uh, interest form, which included just a little bit of uh, background information and then uh, a 500-word statement uh, that uh, interested parties could make. So last night at the board meeting, uh, the all of those interested individuals had an opportunity to speak to the board. Then there were nominations. So just because you submitted an interest form, it, it wasn't necessarily going to be automatic that you would be nominated. So the floor was open for nominations. The board nominated four of the six people uh, for consideration. Uh, they then discussed, you know, strengths of candidates and what they were uh, what they were thinking was a good fit. And then what they did is they voted in order of how those people were nominated. We collaborated with the Minnesota School Boards Association about the process at the meeting and made sure that we were following the recommended uh, parliamentary procedure uh, in this case. And so there were four individuals. Uh, the first individual was uh, not appointed. And then the second individual, Robert Coleman, earned a majority of the board votes. And so he was appointed and took his seat immediately. And then just that process, it's it's, you think of this as an election, right? But it really isn't. It's an appointment. So once one of the nominees gets the majority of the board vote, the process is completed and that person is seated. And we don't actually then continue on uh, to vote for the final uh, two candidates. It's a very similar process to what we used in 2016, uh, when Ann Maple resigned from the board, a little bit different. She had, uh, you know, resigned from the board under that other uh, statutory process that I mentioned, and just a couple of modest differences between uh, the 2016 process and the 2023 process. But well, we're excited to have uh, Robert Coleman join the board, and we're very thankful for all of the people who had an interest in coming forward. Jeff, we've talked a number of times. You look across the country. People do not necessarily want to get involved in public service, right, especially on a school board, because we've seen a lot of controversy across the country uh, that really, I think, has frightened some people away from public service. I think it's a testament to this community and how we support education, how we're able to have thoughtful and respectful dialogue, even when we disagree that uh, eight people initially were willing to come forward Uh, for this seat and to uh, basically take Noel's spot until he's able to return. So we're thankful for everyone. Uh, We're grateful for Robert and happy to have him on the board. Just so people know a little bit about Robert, you know, Robert is the parent of a first grader in a preschool here in the Northfield School District. Uh, He grew up and attended school while living in Montana uh, um, at the uh, Blackfeet Reservation. 
Uh, he earned a bachelor's in history from the University of Montana and a master's degree in history from Arizona State University. Robert has been a, a frequent participant in a number of school district advisory committees and task forces over the last several years. And people uh, probably know his name, too, because he did run for the school board uh, in 2020 and in 2022. So uh, all of the information that I've just shared is available on our website. We'll post a little bit later today some additional information about Robert and, and just so people can go to the website and check that out. So we welcome Robert Coleman. Uh, we thank uh, all of the people who had an interest, and uh, I thank the board for you know running a, a really solid process to appoint this temporary replacement. And I would <clears throat> just like to add to that, we wish uh, Noel uh, Stradmore a speedy recovery. Hopefully Absolutely. he won't be gone from the board long. He brings a, a lot of experience, as, a, a lot of experience, as you well know. Noel is the longest current serving uh, board member in Minnesota, and uh, we really are happy that he will have the opportunity to return and complete his term. And uh, just this is really, this is good law, right? This is good law that uh, state legislatures have written to provide this opportunity for people to step away for a short period of time and come back. And uh, I've spoken at length about what not only what Nor Noel Stratmon means to Northfield School District, but to this community. Noel and Lois are pillars of this community. They are some of the greatest ambassadors for Northfield. And just if you really think about what do you want, how do you want people to to represent your community, I can't think of any better people than Noel and Lois Stratmo. I'm with you 100% on that one. I echo those thoughts completely. Let's move on. You did have a school board meeting. You, you got a new school board uh, member that was appointed last night, Robert Coleman, so he sat in for his first meeting. What were the highlights last night? So we started, Jeff, with the organizational meeting, and mm -hmm. our two uh, new board members who were elected uh, in November were also sworn in. So we welcome Jenny Nelson and Ben Miller to the board, elected in uh, November, along with Jeff Quinnell, who's coming back for re-elected for his fourth term. So those uh, three board members were uh, sworn in with the ceremonial oath, oath of office. So again, we welcome Jenny and Ben to the board. They're going to be just outstanding uh, representatives of the community. And then we, of course, do uh, the election of officers and some other uh, technical pieces about the administration of the board. So uh, Claudia Gonzalez-George was re-elected as board chair. This will be her second year in that role. Uh, Corey Butler was uh, uh, voted as vice chair. And so uh, we're excited to have Corey as our vice chair. Amy Gerwitz will move from the vice chair slot to the clerk spot. So Amy will be our clerk. And uh, Jeff Quinnell was reelected as treasurer. So those are the board officers for the next year. The rest of the items were fairly standard process, um, identifying that we meet on the second and fourth Mondays of the month, you know, except in March, you know, uh, June and uh, July and December and uh, the times of the meeting at 6 p.m. in the Northfield School District Boardroom, you know, identifying the Northfield News as the official newspaper of the district, you know, setting stipends, all of those kinds of uh, technical details that you do at the organizational meeting each year, Jeff. So uh, again, we congr congratulate Claudia and Corey, uh, Amy and Jeff on their election as school board officers, and we welcome uh, Jenny and Ben uh, to the Northfield School Board. All right. Uh, once again, Superintendent Hillman is with us uh, with uh, Northfield Schools. Uh, anything else that was uh, gone over last night? Was the meeting just all organizational? Did you have some uh, business to take care of? We did have business, and so we had a couple of great reports. This was the uh, meeting where our two charter schools come to provide their annual reports. So uh, Simon Tyler, director of Prairie Creek School, 
and Laura Stelter, a director of Arcadia School, were there to give their annual report. As you know, Jeff, we are one of only two public school districts or traditional public school districts in the state uh, that still authorize charter schools. And so we're, we're thrilled with that uh, to have their report. Uh, we think that uh, Prairie Creek and Arcadia are excellent schools while they operate autonomously. Uh, they provide a great public school choice option uh, within our school district, and we're proud to be their authorizer. Uh, and we just were recertified actually last spring uh, to be an authorizer for the next five years. So uh, they provided their reports. Excellent. Encourage the community to log on and listen to them. Uh, I also uh, gave a report last night that I'll just highlight about something that's called the December 1 uh, Special Education Child Count. And what that means is that we, every December 1st, we count what are the number of students in the school district with disabilities who we are serving. This is really important because our state and federal funding each year aligns with how many students were counted as receiving special education services on December 1st. So this year we have 693 students receiving special education services. And remember, we serve children as young as from birth all the way to 21 years old, depending on the disability. This was an increase that 693 was just an increase of five students over last year. And right now, 16% of our students ages 6 through 18 receive special education services. That's slightly less than the latest reported state average of 16.9%. Um, we uh, talked about uh, the number of students per school. We talked about the top six disability category areas. Um, really, in the big picture here, uh, we are very proud uh, to uh, operate what I would, I think many people consider as one of the preeminent special education programs in the state. People listening, um, I will bet that two of 10 of you uh, know someone who will tell you that I moved to this community, not just for the schools, but because for the special education program in this community, my child has a disability and Norfield provides exemplary service to students with disabilities. And we do. Uh, we spend more per special education student than a number of other schools in the state to provide that excellent service, but it does come at a cost. And we've talked a number of times, Jeff, about the special education cross-subsidy. These are the amount of general fund dollars that we spend on providing these required, and I would call morally imperative services to students with disabilities. But this is just another example of the chronic underfunding that we have had, in this case, both from the federal government and the state legislature. Minnesota has more stringent um, requirements for special education services than the federal government does. And so I'm sharing, we, you talked with Christy Purcell on this show last Friday. We're very excited to have Christy on the House Education Finance Committee. Uh, Christy is a for representative Purcell, I get to say now. Uh, she's a former member of the Northfield School District Finance Advisory Committee, so she knows this very well. We need the legislature to step up swiftly and address the special education cross-subsidy in addition to the uh, general education, the basic formula that we talked about the last time. But it's timely to talk about this with us just uh, completing our special education child count on December 1st and, again, continue to look at the budget for these really important services for students with disabilities, of which we are just not reimbursed even close to what we have been promised you know, around 50 years ago, a little less than 50 years ago. So we are going to be advocating to the legislature that they fully fund the special education cross-subsidy and that they do it swiftly. And so people listening, if you would like to become more active in helping uh, us let the legislature know how important that is to Northfield schools, please feel free to give me a call or send me an email. I'd be happy to give you some information that would help you advocate for that. This is a crisis for many school districts in Minnesota, and we have the opportunity with a $17 billion surplus to fix it. 
the next time I come, I'll talk about basic formula, Jeff. All right. Let's talk about that uh, that uh, $17 billion surplus. Uh, they could allot some of that to special education. It would not be the same. It would be like a one-time fix if that were they were to do that. Would that go? How far would that go in solving uh, you know, s- some more long-term issues? So uh, what I would argue, Jeff, is that the legislature has the tools to do structural fixes right now. My understanding uh, from our lobbyist from uh, the Minnesota Association of School Administrators is that you're right. Around two-thirds or around $12 billion of the 17 uh, is um, one-time money. There's still quite a bit on the bottom line that is ongoing, that where the surplus is ongoing. And so my understanding is that it's about approximately a two-thirds, one-third split, and two-thirds of it that is one-time, one-third of it that is ongoing. So I certainly understand, and as an administrator uh, with a, a school district that has a stellar reputation for its financial management, when you have one-time money, you have to be very thoughtful. We've talked about one-time money on this show about federal uh, COVID relief money, right? That it's one-time money. We're looking how we can spend that in a way that doesn't commit us to future expenses. However, in this case, in my opinion, the legislature has more than enough resources ongoing where they would be able to make this structural fix. Maybe they use some of the one-time money to phase in uh, some of the changes until such time that they're able to make sure that they're having it in the ongoing budget. Uh, I just do not accept the premise that there are not enough dollars, uh, both in their regular budgeting process and with this $17 billion surplus, to fix this. And uh, this, along with the general education formula, are the two most important things that we need to do. If we cannot structurally fix these chronic underfunding issues in this particular environment, we never will. And so we have to really make sure that our voices are heard in St. Paul because, remember, 70% of nearly every school district in the state's funding comes from the state. And in Northfield, our taxpayers have had to step in time and time again to be able to provide additional funds where the state has not kept up with inflation. So you hear the you hear the passion in my voice, Jeff, because this is that if not now, I can't imagine another time where this could be fixable. And so we need to make sure that our legislators in St. Paul know and the governor knows how important both of these items are. Today it's about the special education cross subsidy. Superintendent Hillman with us uh, once again. Anything else from last night's meeting or anything else going on within the school district that you'd like to mention? Uh, I just want to thank everyone for their flexibility last week as we dealt with a, a couple of day, a multi-day winter storm. And uh, again, um, just what I was, we were a little surprised. We got more snow than I think most of the meteorologists predicted on Wednesday. So I thank all the families for their flexibility coming back from break. And I thank everyone for executing what really by many accounts shows a, a very successful first e-learning day. And it's only January 10th today, Jeff. So unfortunately, the uh, odds would say we may have one more yet this winter. Let's cross our fingers that maybe we don't, right? Uh, we're already ahead of the snow uh, totals, right? So maybe maybe we're done for the year. I don't think Bob is going to tell us that over the next few weeks. Well, hopefully we won't have 10 more of those days like we did a few years ago. uh, From your lips to God's ears, Jeff. (laughs) We have a a good forecast coming for the next week, so I think we're going to be safe this coming week. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, it is my pleasure. Thank you. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman.